0: Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 65 of the Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boke, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the author of the Christmas song entitled, I Like My Candy Canes in Mint Condition. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? I'm retiring early that song. <laughs> That's right. That would be great. That would be good for you. Yeah, it would be yeah, great absolutely. if I actually did write yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You should write that. Yeah, well, you should write it and then get all the royalties. and and, and We you can't retire, we, though. Yeah, we can't. You well, came, it'll you be came up with a punch. Oh, 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 you guys want to finish work. this up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also joining us in the studio today, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, you can get in on it as well. Starting to interrupt. No, but There is uh, a third member of the
1: podcast. Just sitting over here all by myself waiting for you to wrap up this conversation. I'm, I'm wrap man.
0: up the conversation. Oh it's God. Christmas right. time. Yeah, See, this is going to this, this is this Christmas is Christmas time. The with next going to be
1: insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> how are you
0: today, sir? I'm good. I,
1: I, I'm, I'm good. Uh, we, we ha- did we take a week off? We did take a week I was, off. I was out of town, so yep. I, I didn't know what you did. Yeah, we did take a week
0: <laughs> off. Uh, with, without you guys in town, it was just really hard for me to you know sit in a studio and talk to myself. But, <laughs> well, I'm but, sure everybody I, I, appreciates I, yeah. you not doing that. <laughs> exactly. So I missed you guys. Yeah, yeah. missed you as well. It's, it's, yeah. it's
1: good to be back with the two of you, and uh, good to be back here on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, so
0: you know, before we jump into today, I want to, how was Thanksgiving holiday for everyone, Matt? Uh, we'll let you go first. Yeah, bro.
2: man. Uh, so we went home. Matt. Uh, Madison, Mississippi, I saw my dad's side of the family, and then we hung out with my sister and my brother-in-law, yeah. and I got to meet my new niece. Uh, oh, that's It's really great. sweet. Yeah, so I hung out What's with What's her, her name? Sadie. Sadie. I, I yeah. saw a picture of you holding her yeah, on man, social she was media. Yeah, super cute. You look like a natural man. I was about to say. <laughs> look like yeah, a natural. Man, I'm, a, I'm a really good uncle. <laughs> you did a great job. <laughs> holding U- those uncle newborns. Man. It's yeah. not easy, man. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, you know, so we did Thanksgiving, which was really fun, and then we, um, after that, Dee and I kind of reminisced, and we went, and we... Uh, visited our home, like our, where we spent the majority of our adult life. Okay. (laughs) 10 years in one city is a long time for a military, you know, brat. And, uh, so we, we, we went to Clinton and then we kind of went around to some of the places we, we visited cups, which is, if you don't know what cups is, it's a, uh, it's a really popular... It's your favorite coffee my, place, Yes, right? yeah, it is yeah, yeah, my yeah. favorite coffee you, place.
0: You brought me some blueberry coffee for Yeah, and you didn't like. like it, though. Yeah, but I like coffee now. Yeah, you like coffee now. Yeah, I'm on now.
2: more I've yeah. um, really, never uh, had
0: blueberry coffee. Blueberry really cinnamon. good. cinnamon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll yeah. bring
2: you some. Okay, yeah. Maybe, maybe you'll like it. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: now that I know you're supposed to put, like, sugar and cream in coffee, no. like, you know... No, <laughs> You're
2: not
1: supposed to do that, <laughs> because then you can't taste the flavor they all taste the same if you put that <laughs>
2: yeah, in every coffee. Yeah, ti- every yeah, coffee. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's this the is, only is, way I like it. This so, is true. Yeah. Uh, so we went there. You know, that's just kind of where D and I, like when we first met, we would hang out there because it's really close to right. MC, Mississippi College's uh, campus. Uh, and it's like in a historic district area, okay. so we we hung out there, and uh, and then we came back and well, we, good. Yeah, I think good, Matt nice. should
1: work for the travel tourism board for Mississippi. No he just gave it us a nice amazing. little description. Yeah,
0: anytime. Yeah, had to
1: plan a trip over to Mississippi sometime. <laughs> right? You'll have yeah, a, sounds, you'll like have a, a lot blast. of good things to do. <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> about you, cups. Adam? How
0: was your uh, Thanksgiving holiday? It was good.
1: We did something a little different this year. We spent the week in a campground, so okay. that was fun. And uh, the rest of the family was nearby, and uh, so we did get to see them some as well. But it was yeah. nice just to be with morgan and the boys and and evergreen our little dog um in the Can't campground leave the dog. And, oh yeah uh, she came with you oh yeah. yeah i mean that's part of the fun of camping okay is that your dog gets to be with you the <laughs> right, whole time right, right. so uh, she loves that <laughs> and the weather was perfect and we spent a lot of time outside and uh, it was great man just super relaxing um, a lot of good, you know. Obviously, food. Um, right. Great sports week. I mean, come on. The games on Thursday, the World Cup on the World Friday. Cup, yeah, the games yeah. on Saturday. I, I watched that. Oh man, we watched every minute of it <laughs> yeah. in the campground. Yeah. And uh, you know, as someone who's not—I don't understand soccer that mm-hmm. well, but I'm a huge fan of the United States. I mean, anytime <laughs> yeah, we're in something, right. Just, red, white,
2: and blue, baby, let's go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they England previously beat their uh, in uh, Iran six to two. That's okay. unheard of. Like, that's, that's, that's a big margin of that soccer. Is, like, I that's mean, two if, field goals and a safety. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, I mean, like, and everybody was like, how many, you know, how many goals is, are, are they going to score against USA? And, right. like, for our team, as young as they are, to hold them like I know, that? I thought was awesome. Yeah. So, so are we out or are we still in no, the world? No, no, no. no we have to win, though. Okay. Like, yeah. We play
0: Iran. Okay. And we have to win. Okay. Otherwise, that was
2: fun watching. And,
1: um, yeah, a great week, man. So we really enjoyed it. What about you? What would you do?
0: Yeah, well, you know, all of our family's here in town, so we didn't go anywhere. So we went over to my parents uh, for for lunch and got to watch football, which, you know, I love. And uh, ate too much over there, and then at five o'clock we had to force feed ourselves again, you know, going over to Christie's parents' <laughs> house. But it, again, the food is really good. What you got to do is you got to figure out, like, okay, at this house I'll eat these Thanksgiving dishes because they're better, and then at this house I'll eat these Thanksgiving dishes because they're better. A good strategy. Yeah. yeah, yeah so I, you kinda, I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, you kind of mix it up, and then uh, myself and uh, actually uh, my nephew and my brother-in-law, we we went upstairs and uh, got to watch football. You know, kind of closed the door, and you know the kids stayed away, played by themselves. We watched football, ate dinner, ate dessert, and it was a. Uh, it was so glorious, it's man. It's a great holiday. yeah. yeah it's it, it a really great is. holiday. Yeah. Eat yeah. food Eat, and watch football. It's, it's centered around two of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, it was good. Yeah, it was good.
1: Speaking yeah. of football, yeah. we, uh, oh, we unfortunately yeah, yeah. don't have an update on Auburn's head coaching search. I thought, I thought for sure <laughs> yeah, by the time got we got back sure. from Thanksgiving break, <laughs> oh, this would have been made official. Life but um, <laughs> As of five minutes before we started this podcast, they still hadn't hired a coach. This is true. So, I, you know, I've put some more thought into this, okay. and I'm not sure, I mean, Lane Kiffin didn't work out. I'm not so sure what's going to happen with Hugh Freeze. Right. My sources at Liberty are telling me he's taking the Auburn job, so okay. we'll see if that plays out. But if not, if that all falls apart, I've got your next coach. Okay. I've been thinking about this. I don't know why we didn't come up with this sooner, right. and a good number of our podcast listeners like this part, and a good <laughs> n- <laughs> number of them don't. So right. j- just hang with me. This will only take 20 you, minutes. The
2: ones that don't, you can hang with me real quick.
0: So it won't but, take 20 But minutes. you've got the answer. I have the answer. Well, let me put Yellow wood on the speakerphone okay, no, it's, okay. uh, it's so obvious. Okay.
1: It's Coach O. Ed Orgeron. He, he already knows how to say go tigers. So like he said go tigers with LSU. He can say the same thing with oh, Auburn. No. He's won a national championship. He can't understand a word that comes out of his mouth, but that doesn't matter because you only can understand two words go tigers. Yeah. And he knows how to say it. Well, if, and it's the Auburn Tigers. If Joe Burrow comes with him. I'd if be you teach this. him how to say war eagle, <laughs> you're set. So I'm telling you right now, Coach O, if oh, you're listening gosh. to the podcast. Somebody Natural. should be reaching out to your agent. He's not doing anything right now No, to no cash in those enjoying, checks from LSU. His, yeah, his money. I mean, who else do you want to
0: come coach your program? It's the perfect choice. Got it all oh figured out. Oh, my gosh. I, I will never forget watching Waterboy and seeing, you know, basically Coach O personified yeah. in, that, in that Somebody movie.
1: who likes Auburn just ran their vehicle off the road. <laughs>
0: <Exactly>. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my gosh. I kid
1: because I care. I don't know. I don't know who you're going to hire, but yeah. I do think. Hey, he's got a national championship yeah. on his resume. Yeah, thanks yeah. to Joe Burrow,
0: well, Jamar I mean, so did, Chase, <laughs> <laughs> Justin Jefferson. So does Gene, <laughs> Gene Chizik. I mean, I'm just saying. So like, we're not hiring I mean, Gene that guy Chizik's back. a good man. Okay, he's I'm a good sure. man. Yeah, he's there's a- lots of good guys. I don't want to be coach at Auburn, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> just say it. But no, that was it, it. Was even though it was a little painful to watch the Iron Bull, I mean, it went. It went basically how I thought it would. I mean, you, I, mean you
1: know. I know every you always want to see your team win, but sure. if you're an Auburn fan, I mean, the way they finished out the season, you got to yeah. be proud of them. Oh, absolutely. Cadillac and the job he's done and, and this young man, the quarterback, what's his name?
0: Ricky Ashford. Uh, yeah. Ashford? Ashford, Ashford
1: yeah. great player, yeah. great young man. So anyway, yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep our listeners posted as if you won't find this out somewhere else. <laughs> right, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, make sure you're checking
1: the other six podcasts every week for the uh, the football <laughs> the update. Weekly if updates. this is where
0: you're getting your news, yeah. I, I got some websites for you. But no, no we'll no. keep checking our sources. Yeah, we're glad that you're listening in. Well, gentlemen, it's it's officially Christmas time.
1: And, uh, we had a tree in the studio. We, we do have be. a tree in yeah. the studio, it's, yeah. It's are we going little...
0: decorate it next week? I think we could. All right, yeah. we'll get some do, like, ornaments ornament every, You know. you yeah. yeah, we'll decorate yeah, it. It'll be fun. Absolutely. A little Charlie Brown tree over here. I like it. I think it's good. It's nice. But it is Christmas time, and I'm excited that I mean, first off, can we talk about how great the church looks? I mean, it the, does. The, the, yeah. the stage does. set, you guys did a fantastic job yeah. on Awesome job outside too. Outside, inside, photo
1: booths. The train in the lobby is getting assembled fully this week. That's so right. it'll be set for Sunday. Yep. Not a train you can ride. It's oh, like a train that...
2: That the, I, mean, I kids. saw Chris, uh, the the Christmas train is coming and I <laughs> yeah. was like this is going to be, yeah. awesome. no, 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 <laughs> it's, it's be awesome
1: it's going to be awesome it's going to be ready to go this Sunday and um, yeah the campus looks great we had the photo booth up Yep, stage we'll looks incredible yeah. the drums moved that threw me off a little bit <laughs> hey, we, you know, the only person what happened? Where the, did drummer, they go? the drummer knows where they are so that's, that's right. set that's what matters um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah everything looks awesome it's great to be in the Christmas season
0: yeah and we and you know, real quick before we jump into it we got our Christmas party your Sunday morning Christmas party coming yeah. up December 11th so it's going to be a really fun time you know the extra Photo booths. We'll have some professional photographers here. So if you're new surprises. to Vine Forest,
2: t-
1: describe what all happens that. Sunday. Yeah,
0: so it's just a, it's it's like Christmas comes to town. So we have a, we'll have a live nativity outside. The camel's, you know, coming back? The camel's coming back. The camel's we'll <laughs> <laughs> coming camel back. Camel's trouble, man. That camel's got an attitude. man. I'm telling yeah. you. Uh, but there'll be camels, you know, donkey, sheep, you know, all that kind of stuff for the kids. And he'll have uh, some feed where they can actually feed the animals. No, it's a lot well, of fun. listen, I, we might
1: need to we might need to not do that this year.
0: Okay? <laughs> Open <laughs> hand because yeah, I mean there's a
1: good chance that camel just somebody's finger right off. We'll
0: have the camel away from the feet. You sign a waiver before you feed your camel. That's (laughs) right. Uh, But that happens. Kids love that. Um, Let's (laughs) see. We've got our Christmas train that'll be out here. That's right. I'm uh, ready for the Christmas train. It's unreal how it is. R2-D2 is in the lobby. R2-D2, a little remote-controlled R2-D2 wearing a uh, Santa hat Mm -hmm. will be out there. Like Mm -hmm. I said, the photo booths with professional photographers. Now, what's really fun is our preschoolers are going to get to wear their Christmas PJs uh, this year we can't wear. No,
1: PJs? I was about to say just preschoolers,
0: Matthew. <laughs> I, I knew, I knew what was going through you his saw head. The I did. Turn it up, yeah, like, like, them like, PJs, it. come on. And then uh, our kids, uh, K through fifth grade, can wear you know silly Christmas sweaters or shirts or something okay. like that. So it's just a lot of fun. You know, there'll be some little treats here and there, and uh, and obviously we'll have great Christmas music. We'll have a great Christmas message, and uh, really, I'm looking forward to that. Day. Yeah. I so what
1: I, I, what I like about it is we still do our worship services, yep. 11, kids ministry, everything. But then you throw a party in on top of that, and so you. <laughs> (laughs) You get to do kind of all of the above, in between services, before and after services. It really is a fun day. It's one I look forward to every year. And uh, we're going to be celebrating in the services that day, a lot of what God's done throughout the entire year. So yeah, it's going to be kind of a really fun, just kind of almost party-like atmosphere for the entire day. Yeah. It's going to be a great time. So that's Sunday, December 11th.
0: Sunday, December 11th, beginning around you know 9 a.m., okay. lasting until like noon 30 or so. Perfect. So it's, uh, it, should be, it should be a lot of fun. But, but we had the uh, chance to kick off our Christmas series this past week, and uh, I was really excited. Thank you for the opportunity to get to do that. Really enjoyed that. And uh, I really like... Uh, the book that our Christmas series is based on this year, Hidden Christmas by Timothy Keller. So, you know, a couple months ago you came to me and said, hey, this is what our Christmas series is going to be about this year. What made you want to choose, you know, that book?
1: I think I read that book for the first time six years ago. Okay. I can't remember the exact year, but um, if, you, if you're not familiar with, let's talk about Tim Keller for a minute, because yeah, maybe sure. yeah. that might be a new name. So um, he's a phenomenal author. Oh my I mean, he's published a bunch of different books. Uh, most I guess his most famous books are The Prodigal God and The Reason for God. Yeah. So he's an intellectual who writes in a way you can understand. Right. A lot of intellectuals want to make you know they're intellectual, <laughs> right. and you're not <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. You read their paragraphs two, three times. That's so right. he writes in a really easy-to-read manner. Um, his story is he moved to New York City, I want to say it was 1980, so don't quote me on that, somewhere around 1980, and planted Redeemer Church. Okay. So at the time, church planting in New York City was basically yeah. – unheard of. It wasn't really something anybody was doing. And uh, because he faithfully went there and planted that church really since 1980—I call him the godfather of church in New York City—there's been a wave of churches planted in New York City, whereas now there's a lot of thriving churches in New York City. Now, to be fair um, to the conversation, COVID— really affected churches in New York City just about more than anywhere else because of how restrictive all the policies were there in New York City, and a lot of the churches don't have permanent space. They're renting space, and so it has been a little bit of a a struggle, Uh, but I'm obviously, having spent four years of my life there, um, a a big fan of anybody who's trying to be a gospel presence in New York City. It truly is a dark place. Mm -hmm. It truly is a place that's set up to keep the gospel as far away from those people as possible who Mm -hmm. live in New York City. And so he's been up there for decades uh, with Redeemer Church. Uh, he stepped away from really pastoring the entire church. I don't know, five, six years ago. And all of the campuses really became like a network of local churches there. Okay. So they've got one on the east side, the west side, downtown. They got one in the village. They've recently started one in East Harlem. Just really doing an amazing job there yeah. in the city, reaching people, making disciples. And then he was diagnosed in May of 2020, I want to say, with stage four pancreatic cancer. Oh,
0: wow. wow. So
1: he's really been battling that for the last couple of years, um, Continuing to be faithful, continuing to praise God through all of it, continuing to minister um, to the best of his abilities that he can. His son will post updates every now and then yeah. online just with his health. And so, um, if you think of it, you know, pray for him. But he really is someone I, I look up to. I mean, I would put him kind of on the Mount Rushmore yeah. of pastors. Yeah. I mean, we're all just guys that, that God you know calls and uses, but. Um, the way he's made himself available in a really difficult place for over 40 years. And then the books that he's written and and the kind of the ministry he has even beyond pastoring a local church. So all that to say, he brings all of that to this book. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when he's when you're reading it, you're like, How did I not see that? Oh, that's why it's called Hidden Christmas, you know? So he just brings this story that we all know, and that's the problem with Christmas, Mm -hmm. is because we're so familiar with it, we miss the power of it. That's right. And he just does a really good job in that book of of highlighting stuff. So, yeah, in the series, we're going to kind of highlight some of the major themes that he presents in the book. But in no way are we preaching the book. So I would encourage you to pick up the book. Absolutely. It's a great read during the Christmas season. I think you'd really enjoy it. And then you'll see some of the themes that we're going to be covering on Sundays. But, yeah, Yeah. Tim Keller, great author. I highly recommend all of his books. And um, it's exciting that we're using this book to kind of help guide us in the series.
0: Yeah, you know, to your point, you know, it's not a super long book, but it is. It's so easy to understand, and yet it's so dense, full of great just stuff, yeah. man. Things that you're like you said, you go, Man, I've never heard that he's, put that way about He's Christmas. really good at yeah. doing those type of things. So it's really good.
2: Yeah. So, you know, Chad, you started off yesterday and you said the bottom line of the series, um, if you understand Christmas, you understand the gospel. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. What yeah. do you mean by that?
0: Well, you know, I think the verse that we use there, Isaiah nine two, talks about how you know it says that on the people living you know in the land of darkness, a light has mm-hmm. dawned. Yeah, and there's this idea, you know, at Christmas time that like you know, man, if we just try hard enough, we can have peace and joy and all and right. like, yeah. like if we as humanity just come together, just come enough, together. Right. And 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 no, that's not what that scripture says. That scripture says not that a light has sprung up from the world, but a light has dawned on it, and yeah. that light, you know, is Jesus. And you know, we obviously celebrate Easter in a big way. That's when yeah. Jesus rose victorious over death, but without Christmas, Easter doesn't happen. So yeah, yeah. the rescue mission of heaven began <laughs> at Christmas time yeah. when God gave us the gift of His Son Jesus, uh, gave us that light. And so when we more fully understand You know, what's happening at Christmas time, we can kind of more fully understand the entirety of the gospel, I think.
2: Well, I I really like that way that you phrased that rescue mission. Like, that implies that there was something holding us captive. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's really good. I really, I really like that. I
1: recently read in a book that to understand the life of Jesus, you can categorize it as a, During his state of humiliation and his state of exaltation. Uh Hmm. So the state of humiliation is him coming to earth. Mm -hmm. You know, when he stepped out of heaven and stepped down to earth, when he the incarnate incarnation, son of God, we still don't fully understand the level of humility that that took the preexistent Christ part of the Trinity to be born of the Virgin to take on human flesh. It's the state of humiliation. And I had never really seen it that way until I read that recently. And then obviously now Jesus in his state of exaltation. But yeah, I mean if you if you understand what God did by sending his son to mm-hmm. rescue us from sin, that is the gospel. Yeah. And the Pivotal event of mm-hmm. that is the incarnation, yeah. which we celebrate
0: at Christmas. Yeah, yeah that's so good. So you know, in the book, he talks about how you know, basically, you have two Christmases. Like you have the, the cultural Christmas, which is most mm-hmm. of the things we see, you know, commercials, department stores, you know, all that kind of stuff. Are department stores still a thing? I think I sure. Don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. sure, but just no, any store not? you go yeah. to, you know, that, department on Amazon. That's so, right. Yeah, there, there you go. go. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course, like for the last two or three months, it's already been Christmas and all these different you know, right. stores yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and he talks about so you have this cultural Christmas, and then you have the true Christmas which is what you know, the gospel represents. Why do you think and that's what he refers to as the hidden Christmas? Why do you think that the true Christmas is so easily covered up by this cultural Christmas?
1: I mean, where do we start, right? I mean, we, the commercialization of Christmas and all the things, the familiarity with the story,
0: yeah.
1: the um, attack on Christmas by our culture I that, that, you yeah. know, you can't say Merry Christmas, you have to say Happy Holidays, you know, yeah. Want to make sure that nobody gets upset or offended and all of that that permeates our culture. So you just kind of pour all of that into a bowl and shake it up and pour it out. And, you know, what do you have left? You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Add to that the stress of just the season and right. all of the gifts that you have to purchase <laughs> right. and the trips you have to make and the traveling and 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 unfortunately for many people, Christmas is the worst time of the year. Yeah, mm. you know it's not the time of the year of blessing and joy. It's the time of stress and just getting through. And then there are those who Christmas is incredibly painful because it reminds them of loss. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe they've celebrated Christmases in the past with someone who's not there now. And so I think that. The challenge with that is all of the stuff that Keller would say is like the visible Christmas or the Christmas that's not hidden offers no hope no comfort, no peace when dealing with all that. Right. It's only the hidden Christmas, the real story yeah. that can bring you comfort, hope, and peace when you're going through all of that. And I think the big assumption that everybody loves the Christmas season is probably one that we need to attack at some point. Because mm. it's only when we kind of just get real and go, no, truthfully it's kind of a pretty stressful time. Yeah, That yeah. we're actually in a place where we're probably more receptive to the message of Christmas. Because mm. it takes us sometimes going through, we talk about this you know, on the podcast seasons of stress and tension, and to be a little bit more receptive. Even those of us who have walked with the Lord for a while, you know, I'm not just talking about lost people meeting Jesus. Even those of us who know Jesus in a saving way, perhaps during the Christmas season we could grow more in our faith if we just admitted, Mm -hmm. this is a stressful season, right, right? Right, right. and and, and connect with the Lord more. But yeah, I think everything just about how our world and how most of our lives function this time of year serves to really push the hidden Christmas yeah. message kind of to the side. Yeah, yeah we know that. Okay, <laughs> we yeah, heard they, it before. Bethlehem, sure. manger, yeah, donkey. How it, many it, times? It, it. It's just, okay, we already know that, but we never really engage the the power of it.
0: So do you think that Christmas kind of presents us with an opportunity to maybe be a little bit more of that to those around us? I Absolutely. I mean, you know, even, even I would argue we'll say secular, not Christian folks, know many of these Christmas songs that talk about, you know, yeah. peace and hope and joy. So like what's a way that maybe we can be more I don't know, is the word effective at sharing the gospel at Christmas time? I mean, I will always start with invest and invite. Hmm. It is a really
1: challenging expectation for pastors to look at you and go, now share the gospel message with great clarity, okay? That's asking a lot. (laughs) Now, do I think you can do it? Of course. Do I want you to give it a shot? Absolutely. But if that's how we share our faith, and that's the only way we share our faith most people aren't going to share their faith. Mm-hmm. You do have friends, hopefully. And if you don't, you know, we'll help you work on that, too. But hopefully you have friends. They don't know Jesus. They don't go to church anywhere. Right. Invite them. Mm-hmm. Invite them. What a great time of the year to invite somebody to church. Hey, we're talking about the Christmas season at church. We're going to do this fun party. There's going to be a camel. So, like, there's a lot of reasons <laughs> you could invite someone. Don't feed the camel. <laughs> and a lot of times it's easier to have a conversation from content that's been presented than trying to be the content presenter yourself. Yeah. Sure, sure. Say, hey, what do you think about what Chad said in the message today or Adam said in the message today or those songs that Matt and his team were singing? So if if you've got some folks in your life that you care about and you know they're not followers of Jesus, I would say the next several weeks they will be more receptive to an invite— than probably just about any other time of the year. So that would be a great place to start. If you can't do anything, you can start there. And then obviously all the other things that we put out there on social media and different things like that, you leverage those things to hopefully build a bridge with people Mm -hmm. as well. And then, yeah, eventually you do have some individual conversations. But I would say that's the best place to start. That's
2: good. Well, you know, I thought it was interesting how Matthew, um, he starts off, on his version of Christmas with yeah. the genealogy yeah. of yeah, Jesus, yeah. which, you know, you read that and you're like, you know, oh my gosh, it's a long list. yeah um You know, in high school, I, that was the part that I kind of skipped over. Right, but, you yeah, know, yeah. you really kind of, you know, focused in on that. So, why is it important to focus on on that? And why do you think he started there?
0: Well, yeah. So, you know, again, I think what is it? It's 14 generations from Abraham yeah. to David, 14 from David to the exile, then 14 from the exile to Jesus. And he goes he lists all of them, man. I mean, yeah, they're they're all in does. there. And and the reason he's doing that, and we we said this during the message yesterday, he is grounding what is happening here in reality. He right. is saying, you know, fact-check me. And he yeah. is including the good, the bad, and the ugly hey, yeah. of Jesus' family yeah. tree in that. And I mean, and there are, man, there are some there are some episodes in the history of Jesus' family tree yeah, that you, you would be like, man, I don't wanna I don't wanna talk about this stuff. Yeah. But it was so important, you know, this this isn't a fairy tale. And I think, you know, the story gets told so often and it seems so fantastical that it's easy for us to go. Yeah, this is something that almost sounds made up. Well it's not. It happened. Yeah. yeah. These were, you know, flesh and blood living people, uh, except for the angels, of course, uh, that that participate in the Christmas story. So Matthew is going like, Hey, let me tell you what happened. Fact check me. Mm-hmm. This is how Jesus came to earth. This is the reality of it. This isn't once upon a time. This is hey, here is what happened. This yeah. is the good news.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good. So All four Gospels were written originally to a particular audience, Mm. and so uh, sometimes when you're communicating, it's easy to forget, start with your audience. That's right. So if you're teaching middle schoolers, you might want to approach that a little differently than if you're preaching on a Sunday in the worship service. That's right. So when these guys are writing these Gospels inspired by the Holy Spirit, they have an audience in mind. Mm -hmm. Matthew's audience were, were Jews. Mm -hmm. it's so clear that that's who he's writing to. So it makes sense that he starts his gospel this way. We're going to show you the lineage of Jesus to help Mm -hmm. you see he is the Messiah. He Mm -hmm. is the Savior. Matthew doesn't stop there. In Matthew chapter 2, he drops in the story of uh, the wise men coming and bringing gifts. What is that? I'm I'm showing you even more. He's the king. Do you see what these guys are doing? What does he then do? He skips ahead to Mary and Joseph having to flee to Egypt Mm -hmm. with Jesus. Oh, wait a second. Jesus is now in Egypt as a little boy? Well, then what happens next? He gets baptized by John the Baptist, and then Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he teaches a Sermon on the Mount. If you compare the first seven chapters of Matthew, you get Israel's history. Hmm. So what you see is you see this is the Savior promised from the Old Testament— Moses, Egypt, Mm -hmm. led God's people through the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. Jesus went to Egypt, and he came through the waters of baptism Mm -hmm. from John the Baptist. When Moses came through the parted Red Sea, he ascended and received God's law. What happens in Matthew 5? Jesus is seated to explain God's law. Mm -hmm. Sermon on the Mount. So anyone who's a Jew at that time is reading Matthew's gospel and going, It has to be Jesus. (laughs) He's the Messiah. So if you read it through like an Old Testament lens, it's so blatantly obvious that the whole goal of his gospel is to help Hebrews and Jews see Jesus is the Messiah. Now, when you read Mark, that's not Mark's goal at all. Mark is writing primarily to a Gentile audience. And so um, I'm grateful that we have four gospel accounts. Now, critics like to use the four gospel accounts as evidence for why we can't trust what we believe. And they will make arguments like, "See, they're not congruent with one another." Mm-hmm. They, well, that's the point. <laughs> the point is that they're not all the same right. with details. Right. They're the same with the ultimate message yeah. of the gospel. Right. But I'm grateful that we have Matthew's gospel because it so clearly can link us to everything that the Old Testament was pointing to with Jesus.
0: Yeah. Man, I wish I'd known that about the first <laughs> chapters of Matt. That's really cool, man. that have yeah. been useful for the uh, for the message. You yeah. know, I, I think that's great, and that's why <laughs> well, you listen to the podcast yeah. because you get the content. You know. Don't get on the weekends. I think that's good. Yeah, man. So let awesome. me ask you this. You know, we, we talked briefly a second ago about all of these terrible things that, you know, these people had done in, in, in Jesus' family tree. Why do you think Matthew goes out of his way to include, you know, women in a patriarchal society, Gentiles, uh, all this sin and depravity? Why does he include all of that? I, I don't
1: think Matthew gets credit for that. So I think that is evidence of the inspired word of God from the Holy Spirit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because if written by humans with human reasoning, that part gets left out. That's right. We don't include that part. So it is a testimony to the faithfulness of God, Hmm. that God can be trusted, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that our our gospel message is based in truth. We we didn't try to pretty it up. We we didn't try to change the story around. We didn't try to rearrange the facts, that when the Holy Spirit inspired the writing of God's word, it was inspired to be truthful, which Hmm. meant we included all of it. Right that's not how you build a religion that's not how you construct the following right it's evidence that the holy spirit inspired god's word and when you read through the entirety of the bible if you're not left with that conclusion, I can't help you. Hmm. Because if people were trying to put together something to convince a bunch of other people, that's the last thing they would do. It would be a message of propaganda. That's right. not our holy scriptures. They're not a message of propaganda. That's right, yeah. They are raw and yeah. ugly and embarrassing and lifting your eyebrows and going, oh, wow, like you said in your message, I can't really get into that story. <laughs> right, right. You know? yeah. oh, and it, but it's in there. Yeah. You know. And so, yeah, it's evidence that we can trust in the Word of God because it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Matthew is the one who penned Matthew's gospel, but he was not pinning just what popped into his head. It was right. the inspired word of God, and I believe that for all 66 books. That's oh, good. Man.
2: So, Chad, you know, you said yesterday that Jesus' family tree matters to us still. Yeah, uh, and absolutely. You, you, um, you pointed out, you had a, a, a few points on that, but the first one was uh, that, this, that it shows us that everyone can be a, a part of God's family. That's right. So I was thinking about that, Family, you know, man, like, what what about the people that, you know, have hurt us? Like, that, that could be a really hard uh, thing to invite somebody in that you don't yeah. know, um, you know, and, uh, you know, how are we supposed to act like that, uh, you know, with people that we don't know?
0: Yeah, supposed to act loving towards yeah, folks and hurt we, how, us and stuff how, like that. Yeah. how
2: are we supposed to act like family?
0: Well, you know, first, let, let's, let's clarify what we're not talking about here. Okay. We're not talking about abuse. You know, okay. like, if you are in a relationship with someone, there's physical, there's emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're not saying that you have to still keep taking that or anything like that. You know, you should right. seek help Absolutely. And, and get out of that situation. But no, I mean, I think about, you know, my family. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's times that, that, you know, we hurt each other. I mean, we're people, we're in relationships, relationships, you know, they're messy. And I think, uh, you know, God's called us to love one another. Right. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes it, it can be tough when you see... Someone that you care about—that's you know—in a season of addiction or sin or going down a path, you know, that's contrary to what the gospel says. Mm -hmm. So you know, first off, I think trying to communicate with that person—you know, open and honest communication—I think can really be helpful. Like, hey, I care about you. This is what I see, and lots of times that can help resolve a situation. But other times, like people continue to hurt us, and you know, Adam said in a message, you know, a while back, you know, God's plan for the pain is His people. So we lean on one another to encourage one another. You know, go. to family, go to friends that, you know, can encourage you in that. Keep praying for that person. You know, we we talked about how you know, we should never presume the end of the story and, and yeah. you never know what God's going to do in someone's yeah. life. So yeah, it can be tough, but through prayer, through encouragement, accountability, that kind of stuff, I think we can, you know, continue to love one another as we love those that sometimes it can be, you know, really difficult to love. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's good. I also think there's just some real practical things we can all work on during yeah. the holiday season for okay. <laughs> sure. <some> family members. <laughs> yeah, here we go. So that's yeah. I've just <laughs> kind of a little checklist here. Um, remove the words always and never from your vocabulary. Yeah. The, those words seldom work out well. So always <laughs> never. you know, just go ahead and take them out of your rec- vocabulary. Um, learn how to speak with a kind tone. I think that so many times we get ourselves in trouble around people, especially people who might be a little more difficult, yeah. just simply through our tone. Yeah. And then the third thing I would say is quit trying to manage everybody in your life. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if I say this, they're going to do that. Maybe, maybe not. We play out all these scenarios and we drive ourselves crazy. So if you're kind, don't say always or never. Speak with a nice tone. And you say something to somebody and they decide to take that the wrong way or get upset or whatever. Well... I don't really think you're at fault there. Mm-hmm. Now, if you attack them, you always do this, and you're a mean-spirited, and you have yeah, a negative yeah, tone, you probably right. need to apologize. But, you know, just be kind and, and use a loving tone. And so many times we're afraid to even, like, just say one thing because in our mind we've now said, well, <laughs> well they're going to do this, and then they're going to do that. You're it's playing like,
2: chess. And yeah, you're, you're even driving
1: to... yourself crazy, you know. So when in doubt, just, you know, be loving and be kind. And, you know, I'll never forget the first time I heard Rick Warren say this. I was like, man, that's so good. And that's just like Uncle Rick to just say something that's so (laughs) simple and so profound. He said, I can only lead my friends to Jesus, not my enemies. Yeah. That's good. Mm. That's really good. So there's never something worth being right over if it loses you a friend that you could have eventually led to Jesus. Mm, Right. So ultimately, that's what we're trying to do. That's right. I don't need to win an argument. I I can lose the battle here if I win the war, ultimately, helping this person come to a place in their life where they recognize their need for a Savior. Yeah. Yeah, And sometimes that can be the most difficult with our family members who aren't yet followers of Jesus. And we walk through that um, every year on the holidays, and and, and you just— you just have to be reminded in God's providential way, He has you relationally connected to these individuals yep. for a reason. Right. Yeah. So don't do anything that's gonna mess that up.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. right.
2: Yeah, that's good.
0: So, you know, I, I like that discussion on how we can, you know, love others. But let me ask you this. What would your encouragement be to someone who is in a situation where man, you know, I just don't feel like there's a whole lot of hope for me in this. Like, you know, we, like we said, you know, don't presume the ending, but how, what would you say to someone who's right smack dab in the middle of what they feel is like a hopeless situation?
1: You need to talk to somebody about that. Mm. If, if that's how you feel, um, acknowledge that. Um, be open about it. Be honest about it. Um, don't try to hide that. Don't try to stuff that. Don't try to over spiritualize it. Sure, yeah. Don't try to Bible verse it away. Yeah, you know, don't try sure. to <laughs> quote a verse and act yeah. like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. If that's where you are, talk with somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be one of us. It might be one of your pastors. It might be a close friend. It might be a counselor. It might be. But but you, you need to go ahead and begin to talk that out. Um, so many times, another brother in Christ. If you're a lady listening, another sister in Christ can just listen, encourage, love, and then maybe offer a perspective you haven't yet thought of. Mm. So many times when you're feeling that, it's like like fog has kind of settled in, and you just can't really see past the fog. But somebody else who doesn't have that fog can look at your situation, your circumstance, and say something, and you can literally – I never thought of that or yeah, I haven't right. seen that. Well, there's a reason why you, you got some fog in your life mm-hmm. right now. Sometimes we have to borrow faith from each other. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we have to borrow hope from each other. Right. Sometimes we have to borrow encouragement from each other. And so if that's where you are, it's okay. Um, but if you don't admit that's where you are, you probably won't end up okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then have someone that kind of helps lovingly guide you moving forward because the truth of the, the truth of the matter is you are in just a season. Right, But one of the enemy's greatest lies is to convince you that your season is your new reality. And if you buy into that lie, your hope goes away Mm. and discouragement settles in. Here's why discouragement is so dangerous. Discouragement always precedes somebody's life just completely falling apart. Like, you never meet somebody who destroyed their life in a season of great encouragement. Right. You meet somebody who their life, they started making terrible decisions. Well, what was going on before that? They had landed emotionally in a in a season of discouragement. And the way you stay in that season of discouragement is convince yourself that this is your new reality rather than it just being a season. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So if that's where you are right now, and for a lot of folks, that is – the Christmas season. Yeah, that's right. That, that, that they go there emotionally, and it's very challenging to kind of get through that. I think it's one of the reasons we're going to offer the service we're going to do on December 18th. Yeah, absolutely. Just you know, as a way yeah. to say, hey, if you're struggling, if this is a tough time, if you lost someone, you know, we want to encourage one another. But, yeah, if that's where you are, admit it talk it out with somebody who loves Jesus and then lean on them a little bit. Yeah. We've all had to lean on somebody else, yeah. right? right. From time yeah. to time. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. even as pastors, it's not like every season of our life. We've just had all the faith in the world. It's like, no, <laughs> man. No. I got yeah. people yeah. I've leaned on and I
0: people yeah. have leaned on me. That's kind of yeah. how we get through this thing. Yeah, it takes that honest communication. Yeah. I'm struggling, man. I need, I need some help. And I that's could borrow a little sometimes. hope right now. I could yeah. yeah. borrow a little faith right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Well,
2: uh, you know, that's that's really good and really helpful. Um, But... Chad, yesterday, your point, I really liked your point about how God always keeps his promises. Mm, yeah. And, um, and you said that even in the wanting and the waiting that God's working. Right. I, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, so what are some practical things that we can do in those seasons of waiting for yeah. God to show up?
0: Well, and this is why I think it, it is, you know, I, I understand why Matthew, a better understanding now why Matthew included <laughs> yeah. all this in his gospel. <laughs> but when you see, you know, all of this time that passed and God was constantly working, God was always, you know, setting up his plan, it's a good reminder for us. You know, yeah, the, yeah you know, what you just said there about it's just a season. Yeah. And absolutely. and the enemy wants to convince you that that's your new reality. I think that is good. but. Uh, again, it, to me, it all goes back to what you just said. God's plan for the pain is his people. We can lean on one another mm-hmm. and we can encourage one another. We can remind each other, hey, here's how God has worked in my life. Here's how I've seen God work in your life before. And I think when you know when we do that, it's a great reminder. It, it practically helps us. Yeah. But also... You know, I mean, being honest about it, like, yeah, there are some some times that are just terrible. And we've, we've, like Adam said, leaned on one another. But, you know, worship music, you know, encouraging yourself through that, worshiping the Lord, spending time with the Lord, uh, you know, scripture, prayer. I think those are all things that can practically help us remember those promises of God that it is just a season. Yeah.
1: So we talked about this uh, back in our series on Joshua, that a season of waiting can be a season of preparation. That's right. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. So what determines if a season of waiting, eventually one day in your life, you look back on that and go, wow, that was actually a season of preparation for something God had in store that I didn't realize at the time. Mm -hmm. Well, what determines whether or not you can say that is your obedience during that season. Right. Yeah. So if you're in a season of waiting, what do you do? You keep obeying the last thing God told you to do. Mm -hmm. You keep walking with God. If you don't, here's all that you end up being able to say one day. That was just a tough season. Mm -hmm. You didn't get anything from it. It didn't prepare you for anything. It was just a really tough season. Mm -hmm. So we see this over and over in God's Word. Clearly, we see that from the life of Joshua. We talked about that. A season of waiting can become a season of preparation if you continue to walk in obedience. Who else teaches us that from the Bible? Joseph in the Old Testament. Mm. Season of waiting is what? It's a season of preparation. Why? He's obedient over and over we see op- opportunities for him to sin and he doesn't sin he continues to walk in obedience God uses him right. Well Joshua knew this story because Joshua is a direct descendant of Joseph right so this is kind of part of their family story That's right exactly. like sometimes you go through a season of waiting it can be a season of preparation if you're in a season of waiting, don't bank on the fact that it's preparing you for something down the road. Hmm. Your obedience matters. Yeah. Right. Your obedience matters. To the degree that you continue to walk in obedience is to the degree that God in you can continue to prepare you. Why? Yeah. Because before God does something through you, he's always going to do something in you. Yeah. And a lot of Christians miss out on this principle because they think that every tough season is a season of preparation. It's not. Mm-hmm. It ultimately hinges on your obedience in that season, yeah, and that's, that's a good. tough message to hear sometimes. And maybe you're walking through a season of of, of uh, waiting, and you're like, "Well, I've already screwed that up. Like, I've been a knucklehead. Like, I'm being disobedient. <laughs> I'm sinning like crazy. Like, what do yeah, I do? Yeah. Stop. Yeah, confess. Let today be the first day of the rest of your life. Yeah. Not, we're not talking about perfection, right? But but yeah, if that's where you are, that doesn't mean you have to keep being that way. Just like when I was a student pastor, you know, you talk about you know sexual purity you know, save yourself for marriage. And you know, these high school students are like, well, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, I've, I've already, you know, slept around with a bunch of people. Like, I'm like, well, you have one of two choices. So here's your choice. I had this conversation, you know, with a bunch of high school dudes. I was like, here's your choice. Like one day when you get married, you have one of two conversations with your wife. Here's conversation number one. Hey, you know, there was a season in my life where I was walking in disobedience and I did some things I shouldn't have done. And, you know, Um, But then I went to church, and I heard this guy talk, and I got convicted, and I confessed that, and Jesus forgave me. And from that point forward, I walked in purity. That's Mm. conversation number one. Or conversation number two, same part of the first story. I went to church, I heard this guy, but I went, you know what? It doesn't really matter since I've already done that. I'm just going to keep doing that. And I kept doing that all the way until I met you. Which conversation do you want to have one day? (laughs) They're like, conversation one. Correct choice. (laughs) (laughs) You've chosen wisely. So that's the point. (laughs) Like Whatever you've done in your past, it is— is in your past. Right, right. And as the great theologian Rafiki said, it's in the past. Okay, <laughs> So once it's in the past, you can't do anything about that. Right. But what you can do now is what are you going to do moving forward? And yeah. ultimately, that is what will determine what's going to happen as yeah. you move forward. Because here's the crazy thing about life, guys. It moves forward. Isn't that remarkable? <laughs> yeah. So many of us live in the past. Guess what God's doing? The train is still going forward. <laughs> going. Okay. So if that's where you are and that's what you've done, Call it what it is. Confess it. Move forward. Let today be a new path. Yeah, that's that's good.
2: good. So we kind of mentioned this earlier, but I want to I want to talk about it a little bit. But um, December 18th, yeah. um, we're doing a Christmas Remembrance Service. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, like we said earlier, like for a lot of folks, Christmas is not this happy, fun, joyful time. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of folks, they've lost loved ones maybe this past year, maybe, you know, maybe it's years ago, you know, anywhere in between. Yeah. Obviously, the COVID season, that was a tough season yeah. for a lot of us. And so, you know... We as a church, for those who are grieving during the Christmas season, we want to be there for them. We want to help them understand, like, God has not forgotten you. We have not forgotten you. We have not forgotten them. And we understand that, you know, while a lot of folks, you know, are singing happy Christmas carols, like for a lot of folks, this is not such that kind of a Mm -hmm. season. So yeah, that afternoon at 4 p.m., we're going to come up here. We're going to sing some Christmas hymns. Uh, We're going to have, you know, kind of a word of encouragement. We're going to have a a prayer time for folks. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to have a time where we light a candle in remembrance of of those that we've lost. And uh, my, you know, my prayer is that that is and our prayer? Is that that's a just helps you out? That it helps you yeah. out in this Christmas season and the season of grief that you may that you may be in. Yeah, that's good. So you know, kind of finishing up this conversation, you know, the last point was that we talked about how only God can provide lasting peace, you know, in our lives, you know, and that's that's what we're looking for with this uh, with this remembrance service. But you know, here on earth in our lives, only God can bring that lasting peace. But you know, we know as humanity, God has called us to resist this darkness that Isaiah talks about that we walk in. You know, the light has shone on the world in darkness. We're called to resist that darkness. So what are some practical ways, you know, that we can do that? And does Vaughn Forest Church give us practical ways that we can serve and help promote this idea of peace that the Lord gives us?
1: Uh yeah, I mean I like the way you asked that question. I do think there's multiple opportunities to do that. I'm a big believer that as you do things, your emotions follow. Mm. Sure. So, you know, get off the couch, you know, get in the game. <laughs> right. You know, we're we're not it's not the type of thing where a few people do all the fun ministry and everybody else just sits back and watches. And so, right. yeah, during this season there's lots of opportunities. And you know, we're going to go feed the homeless next week down yep. in downtown Montgomery. Obviously, all the folks are serving in kids ministry and student right. ministry and guest services and we had a bunch of people serve um, beauty by fire with the widows and yeah. cook Thanksgiving yeah. meals and the blessing that they received from that. And yeah. we're going to have, I think we're going to have a Christmas tree up in our lobby at some point That's with right. opportunities to take a name of a kid that needs a Christmas Foster gift. Foster care. Yes, yeah. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's so many other people who do all these things <laughs> and I just kind of catch wind of yeah. it. And yeah. then they tell me, Hey, make sure you remember to talk about this. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. So absolutely. Like there, yeah. there's a lot of those things during these seasons that you can proactively get involved. Yeah, but then I would just say this: um, Don't miss out on the power of just praying about these things every single day Mm. individually. You know, you're talking about the peace of God, and you're talking about chasing away darkness. And um, I mean, I just come back so many times in my life. The the passage from Philippians. You know, do not be anxious about anything. Mm. The interesting part about that is it assumes anxiety.
2: Right. (laughs) It assumes anxiety. (laughs) So
1: don't be anxious about (laughs) anything. It's like, wow, that kind of covers it, right? But in everything, there's another big word, through prayer and supplication. So supplication, presenting your request. Mm -hmm. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, present your request to the Lord, and the peace of God will surround your heart. Mm. I love that verse. Because when I pray, more times than not, what I want are answers. Right. (laughs) I want clarity. I want God to show me what to, quote, unquote, do. And what God says is, my peace is better than your answers. Mm. My peace is better than your clarity. And how do you get peace? Well, you have to actually bring whatever it is that's causing anxiety, causing darkness to him. If you bring it to him, the promise of that passage is that God will surround your heart with his peace. And it's only his peace that begins to protect your heart from the darkness of the world, the anxiety of Mm. the world, the things that the enemy will use to attack you. And so don't ever underestimate the power of that simple prayer. God, this is what I'm feeling right now. This is what seems like darkness right now. And I need to bring this to you because it's too much for me. God says, that's the point. That bring that to me, and you bring that to him. And over time, if you will do that consistently, it's like anything else in your life. If over time you exercise consistently, you'll begin to notice some changes. Over time, if you make that a rhythm of how you approach praying with God— you're going to begin to notice some changes. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that, the things that just really used to knock you off course, they're not knocking you off course anymore. Why? Right. God is building that wall of peace around your heart. But you you've got to take that to him. And so many times we just kind of keep that to ourselves. Right. And then we wonder, like why right. does it feel darker? You know, how come I'm not sensing the light? Well, we're not doing some of the simple things that God says are available to us. And so I would just, yeah, do some things during the Christmas season. But but don't miss out on on just the the power of actually talking with God individually about what's going on in your life, what it is that's kind of leading you to darkness, robbing you from that peace that you know you're supposed to experience, and then see if God's not faithful to answer that prayer.
0: That's really good. That's a great reminder this Christmas season. I yeah. love that. I love this idea of, you know, that that prayer, that, you know, consistent praying. I love the illustration there with exercise and all that. I think that's really, really good. Well, gentlemen, I have enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. The Christmas season has officially begun, and uh, I'm looking forward to us continuing the series this Sunday. Uh, folks can always join us online for that if they're traveling, but we would love to have you join us. Come see the Christmas decorations. Get a Christmas family photo this week, and then make sure not to miss our Christmas party on December 11th, because like we said earlier, it's going to be a blast. So we appreciate you joining us today for the podcast on behalf of Adam Bishop Matt Collins Sound Guy Jonathan and myself thanks for joining us and we will see you next time